1: Get it now It's time to sit and relax Get your mind blown away Ain't no skipping a track Have you paid more attention No listening gap Get everything I ever wanted No giving it back Yeah, back Ooh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. What's up everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast I'm your host The hardest part of the ring The only hardest part of the ring that exists In the wrestling podcast community <laughs> Yeah, yeah, throwing some shade. Thank you. Thank you. Just kidding. Fuck it. So uh, they're all they're all piling on top of each other. Uh, this is this is just an un- <laughs> an unfortunate series of events. Welcome everybody. How's everybody doing today? Having a lovely having a lovely bump day, everybody. Whether it's Wednesday, Thursday, hell even Sunday. Hope it's a good one. And if it's not, well, it's about to be because I'm about to throw some TNA right up your urethra. Total nonstop action from 2006. We got Slammiversary 2006 that we're talking about today. The four-year anniversary of... T- I feel like I'm using my hands a lot. I need to settle down. I do too much meth. The uh, four-year anniversary of TNA... Which is uh, it's crazy. I think. I mean, we talk about it in the podcast, but we literally just, within a matter of months ago, lived through their 20 year sl- slam anniversary. Uh, so it's crazy. Uh, you really can't kill TNA. You know, when the, when when the Chinese and the Russians and everybody starts at- attacking each other, and the Earth is left with nothing but cockroaches and Twinkies. TNA is still somehow going to be up and running and and having, you know, Elevation X matches and stuff like that. So you can't kill them. And part of the reason is because of the foundation they set in their early years, including this show, because we got a lot of good stuff on this show. We got a lot of not so good stuff on the show as well as with (laughs) pretty much any TNA show ever. Um, But we have a lot of fun talking about it. And who did I bring on to talk about it? The hardest part of the ring podcast, of course. I know right? You're like, "Hardest part of the ring on the hardest part of the ring?" What? You're you're probably sitting there
0: like <laughs> Right?
2: <laughs> Anyways, Um, yes, Javon and Jacob from the hardest part of the ring podcast joined me Return to the show, uh, to talk some TNA. You can find the hardest part of the ring podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, follow them on all the socials. You can find that all down below. Great group of guys over there. Hilarious, hilarious podcast. They uh, mainly talk about the current wrestling product, the major bullet points and all that stuff, but they get into other stuff. Maybe a little uh, local uh, fried chicken slash seafood places that we <laughs> refer to in the beginning of the pod. I realize nobody that's not from here is going to get it. But, uh, yeah, I should mention the, yeah, the guys that stole the name that I was originally going to use for a podcast. Yeah, they live uh, in my area code. So that'll be a confrontation one day when I see them at a uh, local 7-Eleven or some shit. But until then, we're... uh. We're here to give you some entertaining podcast episodes, so go check them out. I will actually uh, be on their show this week uh, to talk some Royal Rumble. We just, uh, as of recording this a couple days ago, witnessed uh, Royal Rumble 2023 and uh, have lots of thoughts on it. Some good, some bad, but check out the Hardest Part of the Ring podcast this coming week to uh, listen to us gallivant about the uh, Royal Rumble. So, actually, I'm going to be recording with them as of recording this. Uh, Literally, just in a couple hours, be hopping on with them. Uh, Unless, you know, I end up hopping on and we have a very confrontational discussion about the pitch black match. Or, um, fucking, uh, what else happened? Just have really differing opinions on... Booker T being in the Rumble or something. I don't know. Maybe we'll just end up hitting each other in a few hours and that episode will never drop. So who knows? But as of right now, (laughs) it's uh, that's the plan. So check that out and check this out. Why don't you? We got a lot of good stuff on this show. King of the Mountain is here and you get the most TNA, like the most LOL TNA finish to a pay-per-view I've ever seen in my life that maybe ever happens. You also get stuff like Kevin Nash versus Chris Sabin, which is a thing, uh, a great thing. There's a lot of great elements to it, and we'll talk about that. You also get um, some cool X-Division scramble matches. You got Scott Steiner versus Samoa Joe, which was fun as hell, um, at least the buildup was. And uh, just some other uh, very unique AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels face AMW and probably the match of the night. Um, lots of stuff happening. Some debuts, some corny debuts, <laughs> if you will. It's Jim Cornette. Uh, if you like these TNA episodes and you would like to hear me recap all of the TNA events starting back from their first three-hour pay-per-view up until now, go to ApronBump.com and you can go to the episodes tab and you can select any promotion era I cover a lot of different things on this podcast but they're all chronological timelines so you can filter to any era any promotion and you can filter to TNA and you can and that'll bring you all of the TNA pay-per-views that I've recapped thus far and it's been a journey and it's been a fun one uh for the most part but (laughs) uh with that I think yeah apron bump fuck am I just I'm just plugging away I'm pluggy plugster (laughs) no 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 (laughs) no um, That wasn't even a joke. Let's we'll just get to the show, shall we? TNA Slamiversary 2006 with myself and Jacob and Javon from the Hardest Part of the Ring podcast. So, Javon, do you like feather and fin? Of course,
0: man. Of course.
2: I was, I was, I was telling Jacob earlier. I've, I've had it once. Maybe I got the wrong thing. I just got like a normal chicken sandwich. Do you have to go seafood? Is is that the deal? Yeah, yeah. Like
1: chicken-wise, they're okay. Right. They're not the best. They're okay. It's more
2: of the seafood. Okay, more f- yeah. fin than feather.
0: Fin than understood. Feather.
1: Like,
2: <laughs>
1: you get chicken better elsewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um. But yeah, man. So glad to have you guys once again. It's been too long. Um. You guys, uh, you guys were able to watch the show, right? TNA Slam 306. Oh, mm-hmm. Any, uh, I guess, first of all, did you guys, were you guys TNA watchers
3: back in the day or at any point? I was a TNA guy. Well, so I got into TNA after, like after this. So I got in around the spike. Well, this was on spike as well, but like, but when they actually had like the TNA title and like, um, when Jeff Hardy made the jump back over, when he was having okay. his whole thing, like I, that was kind of my, my area. So it was like what 2008 to like 2012. Yeah. Around yeah. that when you had like main event mafia and um, what a, what a
2: good time to get in, man.
3: Yeah, for real, for real. Like I, I don't regret it. It was a good time. It was a good time. And then, and then to see my hero at bound for glory in 2011, it's just like, Oh, well, maybe this wasn't the best time. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Claire, yeah.
2: R- Claire Lynch, just bobbling around somewhere. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> a good point. Good point to watch CNN. <laughs> what about you, Javon? Oh, man,
1: I've been there since the jump. Since oh, the beginning.
0: Man.
2: Since like Toby Keith days.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, the days of the Flying Elvises and Ooh. the Johnsons and, oh, oh, let's not forget Glenn Gilberti, like.
0: <laughs> who, who could ever forget?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <When> we... <laughs> we was gonna push they were pushing him and gave him a stable it was like ah oh, fuck
2: like <laughs> <laughs> bro it was like because i started rewatching rewatching this stuff i started at 04 when they did their first like three-hour pay-per-view victory road and you had glenn Gilberty out there with like johnny swinger or something i was like what is this bullshit that i'm watching here this is not the aj styles that i need or the Samoa Joe, they had so they had a rough patch for the first few years, but uh, wait till you go back, till you go back further. <laughs> wait yeah. till you go back further, boy. I'd rather not. I'd rather. Sh- <laughs> no nah, nah. Go no. back
1: further for the Chris Harris push. And-
2: <laughs> Was that go not ahead. good? I, I'm not familiar uh, with his early push. I, I know because they kind of pushed him later on, but
1: yeah. Oh yeah, no, nah, they've been. They were Chris Harris, and I don't know what they ever saw in him, but they were they were gonna push him from jump. Like before, America's Most Wanted really jumped off. they was like, nah, Mm. Chris Harris can be world champion.
2: They were pushing him
1: over AJ. Put that in perspective, like
2: Mm -hmm. the Wildcat man, Braden Walker's got the he's got the juice. Knock knock, it's Braden Walker. That could have been a T-shirt.
0: that merch. <laughs> could have drew millions
2: <laughs> jesus well now you, you've inspired me to go back and watch older stuff but uh yeah. i guess for now oh we'll just uh <laughs> watch jim Cornette and whatever other bullshit happen on the show but uh yeah man oh <laughs> six very different times so this is the four year anniversary of tna crazy we just had our uh or their 20 year anniversary a few months ago but um yeah, anniversary obviously centered around the King of the Mountain match, at least this year. Uh, question, did you guys happen to check out the Iron Survivor matches that NXT did recently? Yeah. It was because um, I always because there was definitely a lot of similarities in like the penalty box and mm-hmm. it wasn't a ladder match, the Iron Survivor match. But I guess just to kind of open up, I guess, Javon, since you watched it, how do you think the Iron Survivor match compared with the King of the Mountain? Like is it better or worse?
1: Um, it's I will say it's better. Yeah, only because it takes away the whole you got to go hang the title part.
2: You don't have to go. That's, around the part, for the championship. that's the part. That's the part. It's like
1: I can do without, like having to grab the title and then hang it up and everything. I can do without that part. So right. the Iron Survivor it takes that part out, leaves everything else. Is kind of cool.
2: Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think they learned from TNA's uh, oh. prior <laughs> mistakes for sure. Um. But man, before we get there, this show opens out hot with a bingo hall brawl. We got (laughs) team 3D versus the James gang, a.k.a. the Dudley boys versus the new age outlaws. Man, you guys, I gave you guys a TNA show and you're like, man, probably gonna watch some AJ Styles, some X Division stuff. It's going to be great. And then out come these crusty ass motherfuckers bumbling around (laughs) this arena. Because I should say also, this is fresh off of WWE's one night stand that they or ECW one night stand, the first one. This is like six days after. And I'm wondering if this was like a response to that of some sort. I don't know. But ridiculousness aside, I thought this match is pretty fun. A lot of weapons and brawling around the arena and stuff like that. What do you guys think of this whole
3: deal? So, like, for me, I was kind of like, why are we calling it a bingo hall brawl? Um, there was, I don't believe there was any reference to bingo at all. E-C-Dub. E-C-Dub. Oh, because it didn't really. Yeah. Right, right. Um, overall, I mean, I can't deny it, it. was It was a pretty fun open, that's for sure. Um, I'm, uh, growing up, Billy Gunn was one of my favorite wrestlers. And um, I still, who doesn't love Daddy Ass in 2023? Oh, yeah. Uh, at this point. So. It was cool to see it's cool to see a lot of these spots and stuff. Definitely a fun opener for sure. Like I said, like like you said, like just got everybody pretty pumped. Like, okay, great. Like this is we're we're six days out from ECW. Here's these guys trying to do their best ECW, mm-hmm. uh ECW match within the constraints of what? Like I think it went like 15 minutes or so. Like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the match was good. I liked it. The only thing that, I'm, that was
1: missing for me is I wish there was like a flippity floppity team in there. Like, I wish there was authorities yeah. yeah. or an edge and Christian in that mix so they can, somebody can jump off something high. <laughs> that was the only thing missing, <laughs> Like
2: well, hey, You didn't have a high flying, but you had cheese graters. You Crazy, had yeah. uh, a brawl was there for some reason, like somebody just threw in a trash can full of random shit. And there was a brawl in there because uh, tits, right? That's what the T is. Yeah. Uh, kendo sticks, chairs, trash cans. I do like how, like, because the show opens, you have like the opening pyro, and these guys are already brawling in the tunnel right from the jump as the pyro is still going off. So they fight all around the crowd. LAX has their like Spanish announced team in the crowd. LAX beats the shit out of both teams for no reason. Uh, I guess they crossed their border. So oh. you can't do that. <laughs> That's very, uh, they, they established that. That isn't me just saying that. <laughs> um, but they, 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 hop their border for sure. And, uh, yeah. So you got barricade spots. You got, uh, Bubba hits uh road dog and the penis with a golf club. You got a uh, famous sir on Bubba through a trash can tables. And then ultimately the Dudley's win with a 3d on Billy gun through the tables. So yeah, like, like you said, a fun way to get the crowd hot. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's interesting how we literally just saw Bully Ray in a world title match for Impact, like less than a right. week ago as of recording this.
0: <laughs> and like you said,
2: Billy Billy Gunst, like one of the most over guys in AEW. So got some staying power these guys, I I suppose. But uh after that, we got uh old double J backstage. I didn't really note anything he said. It it seemed pretty passionate. Whatever he was saying, he was almost in tears. <laughs> His face was red. This man, this man. I mean, Slam anniversary, four years, big deal. But uh, yeah, Jeff Jarrett. What do, you, what do you guys think of Double J here in TNA? He's very like, um, polarizing. I suppose. I'm I'm as as I watch this stuff, I'm kind of more a Jeff Jarrett fan than I thought I would be. But I don't know. What, what do you guys think about him?
3: our podcast loves Jeff Jarrett um, <laughs> on our third Tehran. That's just like one of his favorite, like top three of all time, big stroke well, fan. I don't, I don't know about that, is, but okay. <laughs> no, well, not well for his own personal list of people. Hey, he, uh, okay. he's a fan. Um, yeah. The more and more you dive into TNA, the more you realize just how, uh, how Jeff Jarrett really is so instrumental in TNA. It is uh-huh. very like, no Jeff Jarrett, no shot. Like that's how it, that's how I feel at least. Like he's just such like you hate him. Like you hate him so much throughout the history of this Dude, program. The it's finish just...
2: of this pay per view is the most Jeff Jarrett TNA bullshit. <laughs> I can't. We gotta we gotta hold our loads for now. But man,
0: who
2: who we? Um, but before that, before before we get to Jeff more Jeff Jarrett, we have a, a handicap match on our hands here. We got Rhino versus the team of Bobby Roode and Scott Demore, uh, Team Canada represented here. So we got a, a rematch from the prior pay-per-view sacrifice. And honestly, not too much story here other than Rhino doesn't like Scott Damore and he wants to gore the shit out of him. That's pretty much what we got going here, and obviously Scott Demore. He used to be a wrestler, like in the '40s or whatever the fuck. But um, <laughs> he was like a all, all I know about Scott Demore wrestling is he was kind of an enhancement talent. Is was he mm-hmm. ever more than that? Yeah. Do you guys know? No, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> apparently he had a, he apparently has a finisher called the Demoralizer, which is fun. <laughs> That's pretty badass. Fin. I don't know what it was, but he teased it in this match, but I uh, was unable to hit it, unfortunately, but. Um. Yeah, this match. I mean, you could probably guess even if you haven't seen this match, you can guess what this is. It's Bobby Roode beating up Rhino, and then Scott Moore gets his licks in when Rhino's down. But ultimately, Rhino's able to dispose of Bobby Roode, and then gets Scott all alone, gores the living piss out of him, and uh, gets the win. So Rhino beats Team Canada in a uh, barn burner of a match.
3: Thoughts? Well, for me, starting out, I love, I am a, I'm a Bobby Roode guy. I, I think I, Bobby Roode to me is one of the funniest wrestlers just naturally. (laughs) I I think we've ever had, Uh there is an instance in this match that I I had to note because he, he misses the counter to an Irish whip, right? He goes on the the buckle and normally Uh Rhino would run under him and then he would attack him. Rhino does not do this. He's not fall for that. And out loud, you could just hear him mouth the word shit. And then he like gets (laughs) me up some more. And I'm like, this is so good. And then you transition it to like his NXT run where he's like the champion, but nobody likes him and he has no friends. And it's like, oh, this guy's always been so naturally funny. And I wish that I wish him such good tidings. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, at this point, it's
2: like because Team Canada, obviously the group but Bobby Roode's starting to branch out on his own a little bit. Like he's got the robe deal and team can't, I don't know when exactly they break up. It's gotta be soon though. I feel like this is kind of them planting seeds for the faction mm-hmm. crumbling. But um, cause when I first started watching TNA, it was like shortly after this and Bobby Roode was already doing, he was already Robert Roode and he has like the moneymaker okay. gimmick with Tracy. So that's gotta be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. So I think this is kind of testing the waters for him as a singles guy, but yeah, I'm with you. Bobby Roode. Give him all the titles, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> what do you think, Javon, about this match? Uh,
1: it was about 10 minutes too long.
2: Wasn't the match <laughs> 10, minutes?
0: <laughs> 10, it minutes was... 10 minutes?
3: 10 minutes too long. Let's like, <laughs> kill 10 off. It was an 11-minute match. Oh, word? Yeah,
2: 10 minutes too long.
1: Rhino is in Goldberg territory. Like, yo. He don't yeah. need no long matches. Like two, three minutes. Let's get him out of here. Like this went 10 minutes all like, yeah. sure, like why are we, why are we watching Scott Demore beat up Rhino? Like
2: Bobby Roode would do like a suplex on Rhino, and then Scott would get in there and do push ups or like t-
0: touches. Like, and... dude, come on now!
2: It was eleven minutes, and six of them were Scott Demore flexing. <laughs> Threw a pretty nice moonsault, though, to be fair. Old Scotty boy. It's true.
1: That is true. That is true.
2: Would have been devastating had it hit, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> um Also, side note, what do you guys think about the old school ref shirts that the refs are wearing in this? They have like the, the blue long sleeve button ups and the black oh, uh, bow ties. Yeah.
3: It's interesting because I'm a- into it. I'm into it. Why not? And it- we want to. Want to make it more like combat sports like that kind of deal? I'm for it. We want a boxing motif? I'm with it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, because that worked well with like Tito Ortiz coming into TNA. And,
1: uh, <laughs> oh Rampage right. Jackson. Good times,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> ever was, wasn't Rampage in the main event mafia? <laughs> oh yes. my god. What a uh, That was one of my uh, not watching TNA phases, but for some reason I'm aware of that and I wish I wasn't, but um so now finally we got some good TNA stuff here we got a six-way elimination match it's an x-division match and this is to determine the number one contender for the x-division title but also to like determine the rankings of everybody which I guess they have a ranking system now um they probably don't abide by it I would guess but uh at least you're gonna find out the number one guy
1: don't really do (laughs) they don't really do
2: no they've gone through phases of having rankings and not and they did like the whole bound for glory cup or whatever the fuck it was called um (laughs) what are you guys thoughts on rankings in wrestling just like generally
3: personally um when it comes to promotions like aew that have them Uh when you have so many matches through calendar year and you don't reset the records at the end of the year it's like john moxley's record is like what eight is like 120 like you know what I mean it's like ridiculous Mm -hmm. numbers I think they do reset
2: it at the end of the year
3: I think they do have like well they keep track of the entire entire record but I think yeah
2: for you know the sake of determining contenders theoretically
3: they reset it but they also never go they only go with them when it's convenient right otherwise it's that's the key classic storylines they're like you know you can't have this guy with this guy oh well, well let's just he's number one in the rankings why not it's like wait well you know like there's but oh, then I this just, guy fucked know.
2: this guy's wife. So now he gets a title yeah. shot. And it's right. Classic wrestling. Right. So we don't need rankings, I guess.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought, you know, it's crazy. Like back in the day with WCW, there was a period where they did rankings.
0: Uh-huh.
1: It was the only time I've ever seen it actually work.
0: Really? Because <laughs> they, they
1: didn't give you, they didn't tell you the records. It was just like, hey, here's the top 10. And you always knew, like, Mm-hmm. whoever was us champion would be number one tv champion would be number two and then everybody else would get ranked and it made sense okay. now of course they stopped that once hogan walked in because it was like nah how else we gonna get the butcher a title shot it was like for that like couple years it was the only time i've seen it work right because they always made it make sense Mm-hmm. The storylines tied into the rankings. You always knew, hey, number five is about to face number seven. Right. We always knew it. It was like, okay. And, and and they kept it making sense. How AEW does it, I, I don't know what rhyme or reason they use because a lot of right. times mm-hmm. somebody that don't, haven't won anything is ranked over somebody that's like 5-0. and zero. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and like, <laughs> <it's> like... <laughs> I don't even know. I don't remember them alluding to it, AEW, like anytime recently. Maybe I just don't pay attention, but it seems like they're almost like trying to get away from it a little
1: bit. That's what I
3: think. I think so too.
1: don't even bring it up no more. For real.
3: Right. But it was just, I'll never forget because CM Punk like won three matches against two members of 2.0 and like another jobber on Rampage and all of a sudden he's like number two in the rankings or whatever. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) I was like, what? I was like, just give him the title shot. (laughs) And like, what do we (laughs) (laughs) do?
2: It's like yeah, it'll be like stupid Trent Beretta or something is just beating tomato cans on AW Dark, and he's like, oh, he's won thirty hey, matches in a row. Now he's like, what? I don't know, <laughs> but but TNA they're trying it here, I suppose. And uh, so it's a six way elimination match, and the order you get eliminated determines your ranking. So it makes sense, I guess. Uh, you got PD Williams versus Jay Lethal versus Alex Shelley versus Shark Boy versus Senshi versus Sanjay Dutt. So a uh, fun match here. I feel like when you look at these names, they're, it's not like a very high flying group of guys. Like, yeah, Alex Shelley is very ground-based. Jay Lethal is kind of a bigger guy. Petey Williams is kind of a traditional wrestler. And Shark Boy is, you know, he's a shark, so. Um, <laughs> but it had a weird pace to it. Um, but I, I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, you had, uh a six-way suplex in the beginning like all the traditional scramble match kind of tropes here but uh yeah pretty fun match i don't know what you what you guys think of this whole deal a
1: lot of action a lot of action this was like the for me this was the best match on the card so far
2: oh yeah yeah for sure best best part,
1: yeah, the so far, yeah. Um, with all these guys together I knew would be a good match. The only one you ever have a question about is Shark Boy. At times, but it's how like-
2: dare you? He's <laughs> <laughs> the number one predator. He's the next <laughs> predator in this match. But we're this almost was like- at a-
1: This is pre Stone Cold Shark Boy. Yeah, though, I was
0: right? about to say we're not yeah, at a. Yeah, uh- yeah. Oh, we're shale, the-
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if that was it Stone Cold Shark, shark Boy, he would have won this for sure.
1: <laughs> oh, for real.
2: Um. Yeah. But-
1: and since she when it was a good was good i thought he probably deserved mm-hmm. it more than the rest of them to add something more to the x division
2: yeah because since she he just kind of recently returned um because he was in the early tna days as low-key And then obviously, he would have a pretty significant career in Ring of Honor. And now he's back. He did like a tour of Japan and now he's back in TNA Senshi. So that kind of explains the name change, which is, you know, I like. And they referenced that he was formerly low key, so they're not pretending it's a different guy, which uh, I appreciate. But (laughs) uh, yeah, so uh, the eliminations start coming when Shark Boy goes for an elbow, but Dutt eliminates him with a shooting star, a standing shooting star press. Uh, Jay Lethal eliminates Alex Shelley with a Dragon Suplex. At this point, it kind of breaks down. You have people dive into the outside. You got Sanjay Dutt throwing out a moonsault to the outside onto everybody. Uh, but back in the ring, Petey Williams hits the Canadian Destroyer on Jay Lethal to eliminate him. And uh, so now it's just Dutt, Senshi, and Petey Williams. Sanjay Dutt hits the Sliced Bread onto Petey Williams, and then Senshi with the top rope stomp for the elimination. So now it's just Dutt, Sanjay Dutt versus Senshi, and Senshi ultimately is able to hit the hanging you know, uh, Dutt in a Tree of Woe, and then Senshi hits the Warrior's Way double stomp and gets the win. So Senshi is the number one contender, and uh, I know he would able, eventually get the title on that, because Smojo is the champion now. I forget how he loses it, because I know mm-hmm. he doesn't lose until Kurt Angle shows up. So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out, but. Yes, and she comes out the winner. And uh, I don't know, who did, who did you guys think shined the most in this match? To me, I think Alex Shelley stood out a lot with his character work.
3: Well, <clears throat> I want to backtrack, though, because that finish, like, mm-hmm. ow, ow. Like, yeah, that's like that a pretty brutal. common
2: move now. But since she, that was really innovative at the time,
3: I was just like, yo, that's nuts. Like a coup de grace stomp on a, on a tree, de, like a, a you know, hanging from that position, I was like, "Geez, Louise, dude." Mm-hmm. Um, verbally was just like, "Wow, that don't envy that guy at all." <laughs> um, to me, the one that stood out a lot was um, was lethal to me, at least, because yeah. he was one of the younger guys on the roster at this point, kind of relatively new, and like he was still over as a face, and like I think it was course, stay the youngest, by the way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I think so. Like he's just, you know, and there was. To me, like there was no green in there at all. Like he's just so like to me. I felt like he was very polished for being billed Mm -hmm. as like the youngest guy in the ring, for being you know the newest, the newest up and coming guy. I was like, wow, like for this being on this stage at Slamiversary, like I I was very impressed. Right. Yeah. What about you, Javon? Um,
1: I'm gonna go with Alex Shelley as well. Like, for me, he's one of the ones in TNA who always felt like deserved more. Yeah, it feels like. Chris Saban mm-hmm. got everything. And I was thinking, like, Alice Shelley should be getting a lot of this, bro. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: you know, and he just showed it here. Cause I think during this time he was with um he was with Kevin Nash.
2: Oh, he
0: sure you know, was. Lady,
1: like doing the X division, destroy the X division. So mm-hmm. it was a he he the character work he put in during this time was like, it was on point. Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: everything in this match. So I'm with Alex Shelley on this one. I just wish he—he's had... He's just one of these people. Who always thought he deserved way more than he got in TNA.
2: Hey man, you don't think uh, being Kevin Nash's little pet is a uh, a good accolade? It's <laughs> camera <laughs> perhaps. It works for
1: six, you know, it's worked for six all these years.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean I mean that leads us into this next match because we're not done with Alex Shelley by any means. So this next match is Kevin Nash versus Chris Saban. I fucking love Kevin Nash in TNA. I don't know why. <laughs> this whole storyline is amazing. Kevin Nash, because he's coming in and he's like he basically has identified that the X division is what makes TNA stand out. It's like what they're most known for. So Nash is like, well, if I conquer the X division, then I've conquered TNA. So now he's just his whole thing building up to this is he'll like come in after like a brutal X division match and then just jackknife whoever wins it after they're all beaten. And uh, Chris Sabin's you know, the the centerpiece of the X division, essentially, even though he's not the champion, he's like the top babyface, I guess. As of right now, so Saban's like, "Hey, buddy, I'm gonna show you what X Division's all about." And now they have a match. And I don't know what I expected from this match, but uh, <laughs> it was pretty. <laughs> for some reason, I expected a more back and forth kind of deal, but it was essentially. Although to be fair, I mean, Saban did look pretty beast in this match, especially in the beginning. He like starts out with a drop kick, and it sends Nash out. He like runs away, kind of. But then, and then Alex Shelley comes back out because like we mentioned Shelly and Nash were kind of linked up at this point. And uh, it essentially becomes a handicap match, kind of, because you know, every time Saban will get some steam, Shelly will interfere like uh, Saban even gets Nash up for the cradle shock. He has him up has Nash up on his shoulders, but then Shelly pulls him off and he's constantly tripping up Sabin in the ring and all that stuff. But then Sabin eventually hits a suicide dive on the Alex Shelly on the outside. But this distraction Leads to uh, eventually Shelley crotches Saban on the top rope when he's going for some sort of move from the top, and then Kevin Nash hits the jackknife for the win. Kevin Nash wins, of course. Again, I don't know why why I expected anything different, but that's what you got here. Um, yeah. What were you, were you guys into this?
3: I was into this, but I was kind of like, dang, this is kind of going a little long. Um, just because <laughs> like that's how I feel with uh, that's how I feel with like. Kevin Nash, for example, or like Goldberg, like we mentioned earlier, Uh Um, this match came in at like eight, eight ish minutes, like almost eight and a half minutes. And I was just like, okay, like you probably could have made this a five minute one and just gotten the same effect. Right. Um, I do want to compliment alex shelley though because before this match in his promo he had just gotten done with his uh x division match and comes through and nash is like what happened and shelley's like i don't know There were like 15 guys and i'm out there yeah yeah right like he's just he's really playing it up and nash is like yeah i didn't see any of that anyway uh the big the big guy will win you know all this stuff, I was just like, oh, and I felt bad for Saban because he's just trying so hard, and it was mm-hmm. just like, oh, just so empty. I was just like, oh,
2: so poor Saban, poor Saban.
1: This match could have been a whole hell of a lot worse.
2: <laughs> Look,
1: it, it's, it's what you it's expect. Nash, yeah, it's... I'm, I'm <laughs> pick what I got. Like,
2: <laughs> it's as good as a Kevin Nash match. Yes. Nash- <laughs> yeah
1: right like in 2006 yeah this was about as best as we was going to get Kevin Nash so I'll rock with it
2: like I think commentary said what 13 knee operations at this point yeah. when this is what 20 almost 20 or 15 years ago so man but yeah Nash is uh far beyond his diesel days of running around there and being any kind of athletic so um right. But a good ex-division is it was his X division debut after all. So maybe he's just got to get his feet wet a little bit. And uh, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, so back, so there's a segment after that uh, backstage with AMW. They're cutting a promo. And the only note I took here is that Gail Kim looks like she fell asleep in her tanning bed because holy shit was she overcooked yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that is Mandy Rose levels of uh, offensively dark, but um, but that leads us into the tag team title match. We got the champions AMW, of course, the team of Braden Walker and James Storm versus the team of AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels. Man, this is like these four guys, I feel like, is the epitome of this era of TNA because AMW were so hot in the early days. With all like the cage matches and like the matches with the naturals and triple X and stuff like that. And you got AJ and Daniels, which are who really like made the X division explode into like the more mainstream sense. So all these four guys in one match, they had a match at Sacrifice. That was amazing. And this match is really good, too. Um Should know that AMW currently they're on an eight, like eight and a half month reign as tag team champions. And apparently at this point, that's the longest nwa tag team title reign of all time so that's pretty that's pretty surprising but um so pretty significant there and uh yeah like i said there's a rematch of their last mat uh of of the last pay per view um but i'm curious you know you guys kind of coming in cold here what'd you guys think of this match
3: best match of the night yeah i was about to say the same exact thing Mm -hmm. this was my favorite match of the night
2: yeah no i mean it was um back and forth you know throughout the whole thing i have a note 69 drop toe hold stomp is a note yes that I,
3: have. <laughs> <laughs> I had that same thing marked down in my notes I was <laughs> like i was like wow okay all right we're Where's fresh off a of brokeback
2: logo? mountain here there's a big chant <laughs> it was the whole thing um amw they're both you know 69 and then the curb stomp by daniels and then So like AJ and Daniels, even though they're not like the traditional tag team, they pretty much control the beginning stages of a match until it goes to the outside. It becomes more of a street fight and then AMW kind of take over. But the whole thing here is that Gail Kim obviously is with AMW and in their last match, Gail Kim was kind of the reason that AMW retained. So AJ and Daniels are like, we got a neutralizer for Gail Kim. And I'm going to ask you guys. So this one, this chick comes out, to uh basically take out Gail Kim. Do either of you know her name? I do. Uh-huh. Give I it don't know I,
3: it's it's Sorelda.
2: Sorelda, of course, the winner of the first ever gut check. Um, I think this is literally all she ever did. In TNA, <laughs> at least. Um a brutal
3: choke yeah. slam on Gail Kim at <laughs> slamverse. It was a pretty it nice choke nice slam. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. sees that moment, bro.
2: I don't know why they never, I guess they don't really have a women's division at this point. So maybe it's just bad timing on her part. But uh, I mean, she would go on, you know, wrestle on the independence for a number of years. But at yeah, TNA, it was pretty much her uh, her claim to fame here. But uh, yeah, cause I, 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 I like totally forgot about her. Cause I, at least she came out, I was like, who the hell is this? Cause it's, it's always <laughs> like some, it's like usually like a WWF or WWE, somebody that jumped over. I was like, I don't recognize this person at all, but uh, yeah. Of course, of course the, the winner of Gut Check, Sorelda, comes in and chokeslams the hell out of Gil Kim. Uh, the ending stretch of this match was really fun. You have Daniels. hits the Angels' wings onto uh, Chris Harris, but James Storm mm-hmm. just gives an elbow drop to the ref. Seemed very unnecessary. Right,
3: right, <laughs> right. Like, like, where's the rules? Like, you like, what
2: do do? Elbow your opponent, maybe, but no, fuck the ref, I guess. <laughs> um, handcuffs. Well, I guess he did it to take out the ref so that they could use the handcuffs as brass knocks. Basically, they wrap it around. I think it's Harris, wraps it around his Mm -hmm. fist, uh, knocks out AJ with it, goes for the pin. But as the ref's making the count, Daniels pulls out the ref. So a little uh, tit for tat action there. Uh, But ultimately, James Storm goes to uh, hit Daniels with a beer bottle, but he ducks and accidentally hits his partner, Chris Harris, with the beer bottle. Uh, Storm's taken out. Uranagi to Harris. AJ hits a splash. Daniels hits the best moonsault ever. Gets the pin. New tag team champs, AJ and Daniels. I wasn't sure because I knew they won it like, at Bound for Glory this year. I couldn't remember if they had won it beforehand or not. But it was a pretty cool moment here. And, uh, yeah, I would, I would agree with you guys. Match of the
3: night for sure. Yeah. God how good is AJ Styles the best he's the right. best. right right oh my gosh I just it's so impressive to me just I, he always steals the show I don't know mm-hmm. I thought I thought Daniel's really impressive in this match too I mean he's always been really
2: good I mm-hmm. think he's always been kind of tied to AJ whether as a partner or an opponent and I feel like AJ is just a more flashy guy so people kind of gravitate towards him but yeah, yeah both those guys amazing no matter what era you watch him in whether it's like early 2000s mid to, to
3: 2010s whatever it is
0: mm-hmm.
3: timeless and, and kudos to james storm as well like we've, yeah. we've we've given chris harris his flowers already but james storm like, really? Uh,
2: i feel like we kind of took his flowers away and put them in the ground but
3: talking about his push that he got at one point is flowers enough okay <laughs> like, just referencing his push yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and how bad it was okay that's giving him his you flowers know.
2: i suppose this
1: is like the begin well, this was like the beginning of the end for America's Most Wanted. Right. Right. right yeah, yeah. Like yeah. eventually we this starts the James Storm push. Right. That's <laughs> that's why Harris takes on, the pin. Cowboy and <laughs> the rest is history, which is
2: crazy. Was 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 it James? I guess yeah, it was James Storm's push. Because I think wasn't wouldn't Chris Harris be in the next King of the Mountain match? Oh, the following oh. year. In 07. For some reason in my head, I feel like that's a thing. Like, briefly tried another thing with Chris Harris, Harris, but didn't really materialize into anything. I don't know, but I mean, James uh, Storm would obviously have the more successful singles career out of the two. Um, yeah,
1: he went on and it was just crazy because, obviously eventually, we get the what fortune beer
3: money fortune
1: and all that, like, right?
3: Yes, Chris Harris was in the following year's King of the Mountain match with. Kurt Angle, Christian Cage, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. That's huge. That's easy. First time.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Learned, like... <laughs> Maybe he's seasoned enough. He's he's gotten more experience. Now Chris Harris is going to work as a main guy. Nope. No, no <laughs> but hey, At least we got beer money coming up pretty soon. So there's that, I guess. Um, but after that, we got Mike Tanay in the ring. And uh, well, I guess first they show like a video package of TNA's best moments throughout their first four years, uh, which is pretty fun. And uh, Mike Tanay is in the ring to announce the new public face of TNA management, who is none other than Jim Cornette coming into TNA, apparently just had knee surgery. So he's kind of like hobbling to the ring. Uh, He comes out with his cane and does like the whole you know, throws it away and gets into to the ring, cuts a very Jim Cornette promo. A lot of words, a lot of words being said. Uh, it was pretty passionate though. I mean, I, I believed everything he was saying, I guess. And Jim Cornette's a big name in wrestling. So having him as kind of a, a figurehead in TNA, even if it's just on screen, I thought it uh, can only be a good thing for TNA. I don't know, what, what'd you guys think of, or if you're even aware of any of Jim Jim Cornette's run here in TNA? So
3: from what I gather, Cornette was actually a pretty good figurehead in TNA, no? Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Well, I remember he was, because when I was like starting to watch TNA, I remember he was there. But um, I only have like loose memories of it. But, um, yeah, good promo. Really, yeah, he put over the last match, which I'm a, a Jim Cornette tag team guy. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I've seen a lot of tag team matches, and that last match was uh, what tag
3: team wrestling should be. So, yeah, he's putting over I, uh, all the talent and all that. Yeah, I will. I will say this though: the um, the treat for me was watching him go out there in 2006, knowing that Vince Russo is actually a uh, a part of TNA at this point as well, and how their mm-hmm. rivalries kind of blossomed ever since. So <laughs> it's is Russo there at this fast. point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah he he joins TNA in like 2002, like, and then he has like yeah, an off and on he, run throughout. Yeah, I, was about to say, I know he left at some point. I couldn't remember when yeah. he came back.
2: Man, oh, well.
1: these early Vince Russo days. Oh, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, those are tragic.
2: <laughs> every once in a while, because I haven't really seen a lot of early TNA, but every <laughs> once in a while, I'll stumble upon a clip on Twitter or something, and it's like, why is Tony Schiavone shooting on a? Uh, oh, what was, was it Vince Russo? Cause there was like a promo in the ring where Tony was, um, Schiavone was there.
1: Him, it was Mike Tenay too. He shot. That's he right. shot the hell out of Tenay boy.
2: Like, <laughs> like, what are we uh, doing?
1: Yeah, like early TNA, everybody would come in there and just be like talk shit about everybody. He was like, all right, man, take this mic, go shoot on him. Go ahead, yeah. like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's pissed at he had, uh, you know, leaving the Grandmaster
1: Sexy shoot shoot interview that I was. Oof. You know you. <laughs>
2: god yeah buff bagwell was there you had uh, oh
1: goodness good lex time. luger
2: lex luger and his final you know wrestling days it was, yeah. it was a time
3: <laughs> that's that's javon's boy dude he loves good old lex he was a big oh, lex I, express guy that was, the, hey,
1: that was the last on that that was the last lex for real for real yeah <laughs> Or like he totally broke the fuck down. Like he that was right. the last time he was ever any like hey, the real total package, and then <laughs> shit with the fuck. <laughs> like,
2: Jesus he, a-
1: heart, he made it. Bless his heart, but like
2: didn't he have a match with AJ Styles, Lex Luger? Yes. That Man. just seems like a made-up yeah. thing. That doesn't seem like ah. a thing that's possible happened- that could have happened. <laughs>
1: <It> happened- <laughs> and it was- you know what? <laughs>
2: It wasn't that bad. Okay, well, look. well that oh, bad. No.
1: thanks to AJ. It yeah, I was about to bad. say
2: any any of us could walk into a match with AJ and have a semi okay match, but um, God, well, no Lex Luger in this next match, but we got something close. We got Scott Steiner versus Samoa Joe. Who? What a uh, another match that's kind of like this happened. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got Smojo, Scott Steiner. The promo before this match is pretty hype. I feel like wrestling needs more of this. I just Two guys that don't like each other and were just really
0: threats,
3: just mm-hmm. threats. Matches. I, I believe
2: <laughs> that they didn't like each other for sure. Maybe they didn't. Just I don't totally. know, but, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like it was okay. I mean, I feel like if it was like 90s Scott Steiner versus the Smojo, it would have been like a dream match, but as far as you know this era of scott steiner was fine i don't know man scott at this point he's coming off of his tag team with test it's like am i do i believe that this is like no and joe is coming off of a two-year ring of honor title run and undefeated x division champion It's like i feel like Smojo should just go in there and kick the shit out of scott steiner but it was honestly i feel like it's more leaning towards scott dominating this match for the most part but uh yeah Weird, weird match, but I don't know what you guys think about it.
3: I want to highlight everything about Samoa Joe, but more particularly Please. this his facial expressions throughout this entire match are they tell the story mm-hmm. because up to this point, I, he has never fa- fought anybody in TNA that was like Big Papa Pump. And he's just you can see him, he's like giving him all these moves, and then he, just, he gets a two count, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then you see his face, they close in on his face, and he's like calculating in his mind, like, what else he has to do, like, how is he gonna pulled this off. And I just thought mm-hmm. that was such it's just so good. Like Oscar performance, like Chef's Kiss.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's actually a good point. Because this is actually his first, at least first like big time match outside of the X Division. Because he debuted right. in the X Division and he hasn't really gone beyond that at this point. But Scott, him and Scott mm-hmm. is like his first like heavyweight match that he's had in TNA. Um but yeah, so we got uh yeah Scott in the beginning, kind of overpowering Joe a little bit. Hits Joe with a powerbomb, I think um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Steiner even does like the classic Joe spot where it's like he's in the corner and he does like a Uranagi to counter the guy running in. Um, so a little kind of shit talking in, in, in a way. Um, they brawl on the outside a little bit. Scott hits Joe with a chair and I guess it's no DQ. Uh, but Joe eventually fights back, <laughs> hits his sit-down slam right back at Scott. Uh, Joe locks in the Coquina Clutch, but Scott Steiner hits a low blow to fight out of it. And Scott hits Joe with a sick German suplex, stumping Joe right on his head. And then locks in the Steiner Recliner, but Joe fights out of it. Amazing, like squats Scott Steiner out of it, which is pretty impressive. Literally kind of just throws him on the ropes into like a stun gun type of move and then a snap power slam for the win. In- interesting finish. But uh, yeah, Joe gets the win here. Thank God. And uh, still undefeated. <laughs> but uh, yeah, any other thoughts on this one, guys?
1: Scott Stoner hadn't looked this good in a long time.
2: Right? Oh, yeah, that's very true. Right. Yeah,
1: like I was I was impressed of, of how good he looked in this match. Like, like you said, like coming off a TNA run, with um Albert and testing and all them, right, right, yeah. It's like he was looking trash. <laughs> he you didn't like, was his, you didn't like his arm wrestling good.
2: match with Triple H. I, yeah. Yeah. Not, like,
0: yeah,
2: he should.
1: He's the one that should have took the money and sat home. It never came <laughs> over. Like they, they, should have never came. They were never gonna do him right. It was never uh. gonna do Scott, Scott right. We always needed unhinged freaks cursing in the microphone you don't know what the fuck you're gonna say scott steiner
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: <laughs> he never got that like so but can't. his wrestling here is like i'm just it was a really good match for as mm-hmm. much as what you expected because at this time in 06 like i said scott steiner wasn't the best right so don't carry him to this one but it was a really good match and won't the classic that they were hoping for This is about Mm. 10 years too late, but
2: (laughs) yeah, no, they were, they built this match up. Yeah. They they really built this match up like a dream match kind of thing, which, I mean, commentary did a good job at that. The the video package did a good job at that. I mean, this is the main one-on-one match of the show. So I was Mm. into it for what it was. Um, I definitely think Scott was like, he knew he had to match Joe's ability here. So I think Scott Steiner was pretty motivated. It seemed like in this match. So Again, for a Scott Steiner match in 2006, this is about as good as it gets, I think. Yeah, I'd say so,
3: too. Um, But, man. Another thing, too, um, just to throw it out there. So, uh, Samoa Joe actually loses the belt before Victory Road the following month in 2006. Not because he loses, but because it's due to injury. Um, Yeah, yeah, he has a PCL injury. And I can't remember, like, I, it's unclear whether or not he sends, she pins him to win the title or if they just kind of, they have a, a match with a vacant title between him and um him and Sanjay Dutt to win uh-huh. the title. So I'll have to do some more research into that. But just so we know, um, yeah, he's no, he actually it. loses the. Well, the Joe vac- doesn't get pinned until. Right. Until Kurt Angle shows yeah, up. So right. that's what I'm assuming is that he just relinquishes the title after the PCL. That would make sense.
2: I didn't know if it was like a triple threat scenario which they already actually did with uh Daniel's AJ and Joe. Daniel's won right. the X division title by pinning AJ but then Joe just won it back. So I was like, okay, I guess they're still doing this. But um <laughs> we got a King of the Mountain match to close out. This there's a lot of chicanery and shenanigans here in this main event. We got uh, of course the NWA title on the line. We got the champion Christian Cage defending against Ron Killings. Sting, Jeff Jarrett, and Abyss, King of the Mountain, of course, for anyone unaware, um, you have to hang a title, so you're not climbing a ladder to grab the title, you have to just ask the ref for the championship belt, like, hey, can I go hang this and then go up and hang it? And, uh, but before you you can hang it, you have to become eligible, and you become eligible to hang the belts by pinning or submitting your opponent, and if you get pinned or submitted, you have to be in the penalty box for two minutes, which is why we kind of brought up the Iron Survivor match earlier is because that was like a 90 second penalty box. And so there's some parallels here, but just, you know, it's TNA, so they have to add some extra bullshit to it um, just so they can say, you know, you've, you've never seen a match like this anywhere else. It's like, yeah, there's a reason why we haven't. But, uh, but yeah, a lot going on here. Um, Christian's the champion. What do you guys think of Christian's baby face run as champion here in TNA?
3: It wasn't, it's just, it's just not interesting yet. That's all. That's all. Like, it's well, I don't think get it better. ever,
2: I don't think it ever became
3: interesting <laughs> because, <it> just, <laughs> at
2: all. Oh, no, because no, no. even at this point, he's kind of teetering towards becoming heel. Like, he's kind of, right. He's got a big chip on his shoulder kind of deal. So he's not explicitly heel, but he's kind of a dick a little bit. Uh, but yeah, he definitely, once he has his heel title run, I mean, that's the best stuff Christian's ever done, in my opinion. Sure. But, um, we got Ron Killian's in there, Sting, who's still pretty freshly debuted in TNA, um, if you don't count his you know, older matches in 03 or whatever. Uh, Jarrett's always there because it's TNA and then Abyss. <laughs> we got, you know, I'll say this, the pace of this match is kind of weird. It was hard for me to kind of get into it because it was like, -hmm Three pairs fighting at once, whereas like if you watch like a modern day money in the bank match, for example, it's always like two guys are going at it or two girls are going at it, and then everybody else is kind of just dead on the floor, which has its own right. issues too. I don't know what would you guys guys think of that? Did you guys like note that at all or what what'd you guys think in general of this match?
3: I would, I feel very similarly to you. The pacing for this is very strange. Um you mm-hmm. get, you know, side brawls here and there. I believe uh, Christian and Abyss are like on the outside brawling like mm-hmm. out of sight while the other three guys are in the ring. Like there's a lot of geographical questions in terms oh, of just right. like like dudes just seem like they're not even close to the ring like mm-hmm. I was just it was very hard to get into this uh until Maybe the halfway mark, a little bit past. I mean, this was a long match too. Mm-hmm. Like, this was just 20 plus minutes. So, um, and plus, like there was a long time, right? Well, there's uh there was kind of like a longish time I felt before pinfalls started happening more regularly. Like, like uh-huh. uh Killings gets the first one, and I was like, All right, cool. Like now we're gonna do this, and maybe he's gonna start like using the belt and or, or whatever, like just try anything and uh-huh. It just didn't come. to It didn't that seem
2: way. like a lot of people tried to hang the belt in this match. Maybe. It's right. just, yeah, there, right. was, there was like a, a lack of urgency. I feel like it felt like everybody was choreographed in a certain way, and it kind of made it feel inorganic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what I you think. felt like they were just trying to get to the end
0: yeah
1: because it was just like we already knew ron killings won't win in the belt we already knew abyss won't win in the belt it was <laughs> really jared and sting and um christian. christian let's just get to the end so we get to all, that's that's what the match felt like it was no just like, no like, no we're on we, cruise control we're on <laughs> cruise control to the end that's what the shit that's what this stuff is
2: <laughs> that that very much there was like a few spots that they clearly like right. There was a few milestone markers like sting jumping off of a pod which yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. slow motion. It felt like distinct <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to this day, it will jump off a of high stuff. But this one in particular it was like he it felt like he was up there forever, like for five minutes, just waiting for everybody <laughs> to kind of corral so that <laughs> catch his old ass. But um Jeff Jarrett hit the stroke on the truth from the apron onto the barricade, which is a fun spot. I didn't know this is false kind of anywhere until he pinned him after that, but um, yeah.
3: yeah, but <laughs> they do um, for some reason tna i feel like assumes we know the rules a lot more than we actually yeah. do it was kind of confusing even for the x division match too i was like wait like i was like wait this is an eliminator <laughs> We're starting out with everybody here at one time like i was just like okay i, I guess like you have not? to tag you don't have to tag you kind of do i don't know
2: yeah. uh but yeah there's uh ladder spots of course you got uh At one point, Truth finds himself like on top of a ladder, horizontal, as it's like Jarrett and Abyss are holding him, and then they dump him to the outside. Uh, It's a weird spot with Christian and Jarrett, where Jarrett the ladder's upside down. Yeah, 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 it's like in a V shape. Jarrett's like laying in between the rungs, and Christian's on top of them. I guess the idea is that he's squishing them in between the. Ladder, but it didn't really feel like that was happening. And then Christian's trying to hang the belt. Yeah, Meanwhile, he's 10 feet below it. It's like, bud, you don't have those ups. You're Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's some silly spots along the way here. Christian and Sting, that's kind of like the like, kind of the side story, but kind of, like, the also the main story within this match is because Christian and Sting have been buddies, but now that they're fighting each other, it's like, okay, are they going to fight each other? And then they eventually do. Um, so they go at it for a while. Abyss... By the way, there's four tables set up on the outside, you know, just casually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jarrett,
3: Jarrett and Abyss are like, hey, let's build this real quick. Why not? we are we decorating.
2: It's fine. It's cool. Right. Uh, but, of course, Abyss was part of setting it up. So he's the one that ends up going through it as he uh, climbs the ladder because him and Jarrett are kind of working together for a lot of this match. But then Abyss eventually turns on them with a black hole slam, mm-hmm. pins him, grabs the belt. Abyss does. And then he starts climbing and then Sting pushes him off the ladder to the outside through at least three of the tables. Uh, Sting, uh, Jarrett, because he got pinned by the black hole slam, he goes into the cage. There was one spot where he like left the cage early. I don't know if that was Yeah. The guy that yeah. was like when Christian was in the Scorpion Deathlock, right? Right. It could have been Larry. maybe they just didn't catch it on camera, but perhaps Larry Zabisco let him out early because right. once Christian, because Christian was inside the ring climbing it, and then that damn Larry Zabisco gets in there, low blows Christian, the fix is in, knocks Christian off, and then uh Sting. like so much going on here i can't remember like the order of things happening stings in there (laughs) he punches larry's abisco larry takes the most hilarious bump i've ever seen to the outside just like a cartoon character just like slipped on a banana peel um sting earl hebner's
3: like dead and sting like gets a pin i wanted to talk about that too what the hell what happened there you can't (laughs) you so like so so sting is um sting is uh is fighting um uh, with with his, with Jeff Jarrett, excuse me, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden he gets the Scorpion Death Drop, and Earl Earl Hebner's like dead, like because you know refs are made of glass. Uh-huh. So Sting is like, well, um, I'm just gonna drag you over, and right. you're gonna and he literally takes Hebner's hand and counts to three, and I'm like, how is this legal? Doesn't like,
2: feel legal to me.
3: Right, like this is crazy. He
2: did not consent to that three counts. So no, hell no. Well ultimately it doesn't really matter because even though sting is quote unquote eligible at this point, he climbs the ladder with the belt. Christian meets him up there. And then that goddamn Earl Hebner pushes sting (laughs) and Christian (laughs) off the ladder to the outside. Jarrett grabs the belt. There's what the fuck chance all throughout the impact zone. Jarrett grabs the belt. Earl Hebner puts it back up for him. Jarrett climbs the ladder with the belt Trash is just getting pelted. There are beer cans, all sorts of trash just getting thrown at Jeff Jarrett as he climbs this ladder. Jarrett hangs the belt's new NWA champion, Jeff Jarrett. All is right with the world. (laughs) Ain't ain't he great, folks? Let me tell (laughs) you. And then Jarrett, he, cause trash is just getting thrown everywhere. So he like scurries out of there it felt like the Montreal screw job all over again, like the way Earl's just getting, you know, cor- corralled <laughs> right. out by Larry Zabisco. He's like, we gotta get out of here. But as Jarrett's on the <laughs> ramp, he's celebrating another ref, Rudy Charles, comes and grabs the belt away from Jarrett, hands it to a man standing on the stage, Jim Cornette. So Jim's like, "Hey, you're not gonna take this. you know, This isn't yours." Jarrett's like, "Oh no, man, Memphis." And then uh, the show <laughs> ends. That's how the show ends, folks. What a cliffhanger for your pay per view. But uh, yeah, sensational, sensational stuff. Thoughts? The Orlando screw job. <laughs> Who could forget? Who could ever Fight.
3: forget? Um, I'm a man. sucker for the crowd throwing things into the ring, oh, it's like great. Right? whether it's garbage or weapons or ribbons. I am all about more of it. that.
2: More of that. In like this was peak WCW
3: 1996.
1: Here, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> like Russo definitely had his finger on the pulse.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, Actually, yeah. you said Russo was here earlier. I was like, I don't know, but when it, seeing this yeah. finish, yeah, it's clear <laughs> that he's there. <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know, man. I do love how, like, throughout the match, I'm just like questioning, like, whether Sting actually really wants the championship, or if he just wants an excuse to beat up Jeff Jarrett. Because really, until right. he counts himself to for the pin, he's not really going for pins. I mean, right. until like towards, like towards like the last what five yeah. minutes of the match, really. I'm just like, okay, like. <laughs> Well, well there guess. was
2: even the one point where Sting was like, hey, Christian, you go climb the ladder, you win it. Uh, right. I'm just going to lock yeah. Jarrett in this death lock. So Sting, yeah, he really just he does just want to prevent Jarrett from winning. Which, right. uh, I guess but it's, but right it's like
3: also then what was the point of you t- counting yourself eligible? Like, just, just take him to the outside of the ring. Like,
2: <laughs> Well, if Sting <laughs> like- wins, Jarrett doesn't win, you see.
3: Right. right. Sure, sure.
2: And where's Ron oh, Killings while this is happening?
3: That's why I want to know. Him and Abyss are just like, yep, yeah, this is comfy, comfy, floor. Yeah. <laughs> <All
0: right. laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I mean, it's just King of the Mountain. It's already, I mean, I don't know how many more they have after this. I think it's only like one or two more. Maybe maybe it's more than that. I just don't remember any of them. Chris Harris didn't win, so fuck the King of the Mountain. <laughs> <what I> <laughs> But uh yeah, any <laughs> other thoughts? I mean, there's, <laughs> we think we talked a lot about it, but there's so much shit going on. Any other thoughts on this main
3: event? Um I have an I have an added note. Uh Jim Cornette actually ends up firing Earl Hebner as a result of this. <laughs> of course he does. Oh, yeah. In yeah. in storyline, yeah, he ends up firing Hebner as a result. And um I believe the next pay-per-view Jared... he fights, he fights Joe. That's what it was, yeah. So, you fight,
1: uh, with, and he gave and they gave the crowd belts. Carl
3: Hebner fights Joe.
1: No, um, Jarrett uh-huh. fights Joe in like a fan lumberjack match. Dude. They all have
2: belts. I remember that. that, <laughs> yes. okay, that is specifically yes. when I got in a TNA because I remember they- that. Match.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would
2: never. It was um, it had a name. It was like I don't know, but yeah, I huh. remember it. all the fans had belts. It was like a lumberjack. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. so hard stupid. justice. Yes. Uh, this this whole year of TNA 2006 is literally just okay. Sting's gonna beat Jarrett in October. We just gotta do a bunch of bullshit in between. Then <laughs> we just gotta get there. That's it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Ugh,
3: but, but yeah, that was that. No surrender was the fan revenge lumberjack Ooh. match. Oh, well, we still Joe got, we Jared. got victory road on the way
2: there, and I think our justice right.
3: too. Yeah. Yeah, man, this takes Lord. place in uh in September. Road to WrestleMania, who we we're yeah, talking about really? road, to road
2: to Bound for Glory is where it's at, folks. That's what I'm saying. Right. Uh, well, that's that's how Slammiversary 2006 comes to a close, weirdly. But uh yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was a fine show as you definitely had your Russo isms within it, but you had some good X Division stuff um joe the X division champion was tied up with scott steiner but that was fun for what it was so mm-hmm. not the best show of the year but also not the worst i don't know what would you guys overall as I said, after we've talked about it what, what over any other overall thoughts on this one
3: did you like it javon did you like it better than uh than barbed wire hoodies and choke uh, slams chokeslams?
2: hell no when the world- <laughs> 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 oh
1: oh my goodness, like... Nothing, that's the Mendoza Nothing line. DNA's done in that first... eight years, maybe? Whoa! <laughs> it's not as good as, like, that peak ECW. Like, that <laughs> shit there
0: is funny.
2: Man.
1: Bottle that up. <laughs> something
2: <laughs> like... Could have thrown a new Jack into this King of the Mountain or something. That exactly. would... That was ooh, a was that was, You want
3: to see the death on them happen? Food? Yeah, I mean, yeah, put the put the, yeah, put the belt on him. Right. Jesus.
2: A- a- AMW versus the gangsters. I'd pay to see that.
3: Oh, actually, actually, yeah. that'd be, Beer that'd be bottle
2: versus, you know, New Jack uses beer bottles too, right? Or whatever, whatever shank he can find, I guess. Yeah, right. New, Jack, New Jack
3: will just blow cocaine into their faces and then take right. them out. Like... <laughs> you
2: know, you say that as a joke. I'm, I'm like 30% sure that happened at some point. But... <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Uh, I mean, that would have been the hardest part of that match. But speaking of which, hardest part of the ring podcast, begrudgingly, we'll give you guys props. Where can everybody find you guys and uh, listen to you guys in your lovely, lovely podcast?
3: Yeah, so we're available for listening on all major streaming platforms. You know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, we're there, mm-hmm. we're there waiting uh and then uh for our socials we're at the hardest part of the ring with an underscore at the end on instagram javon and i co-run our twitter page which is at the hardest underscore pod and uh and of course facebook is the same name so keep a lookout uh on all those platforms
2: hell yeah 757 represent we'll have to do a uh in-person podcast at some point maybe we'll do Ooh, a fun uh, another really shitty ecw show we'll do that Yes. let
1: <laughs> <Still the> 94.
0: Let's go to 94
1: when the Sandman has on his surfboard and wetsuit. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my God. He's <laughs> <laughs> the stuff we need.
3: The Madman, Javon. Oh, yes. No. Tommy
1: Kramer and his suspenders.
2: <laughs> Once again, thank you to uh, Jacob and Javon from the Hardest Part of the Ring podcast for joining me. On today's episode, always a good time with those guys. Catch me on their show as well, uh, depending on when you listen to this. It might already be out, but it'll be out this week, uh, at least. I think so. Not to put pressure on them, but (laughs) talking about the Royal Rumble from uh, this past Saturday. So check that out. Give them a follow. Give them a, a kiss on the cheek, a slap on the ass, all that stuff. Follow me, Apron Bump, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all that shit. Um, I've also been on a few podcasts. I'm, I'm really bad at like <laughs> plugging the podcast that I'm fortunate enough to come on. Um, but been on a bunch lately. It was on Smackin' It Raw last weekend. Go check that out. Also, uh, Brain Buster Boys. They did a Royal Rumble themed episode where uh, me, Brenton and Bo discussed uh, the Cactus Jack Triple H match. From WrestleMania 2000, which was a hilarious time. Um, There's probably stuff I've been on that I'm not saying, and somebody's gonna yell at me. Oh, Ruthless Aggression Era podcast <laughs> it was they oh they bring me on as a reoccurring guest to cover all of the uh, Velocity episodes <laughs> in their timeline because they they obviously the Ruthless Aggression era they cover, um, and I was on one of their recent episodes as well. So go check that out as well. Fuck just just go to Spotify and type in the hardest part of the ring. I'm bound to uh come up in certain podcasts and R and B songs. But um yeah, with that I think that's about all Daddy has for you today. Um yeah. I still you know, I've been doing podcasting for um three like over, over three years now. Still haven't figured out how to end episodes. <laughs> i could I could just stop talking that is an option I could stop talking I can hit stop record I can turn my camera off there's a lot of options i just I choose to just keep talking so don't know why I do but uh you're still listening which is uh probably more of a uh which is uh, this is a lot about you too that you're still listening to this um I mean I could just talk about anything. I mean, this is going out into the air and into into the into the satellites, to the to to the whatever the fuck. And I could I could just I could just make fart noises for an hour and people would probably listen to it. They probably wouldn't. Somebody would. I mean, there's 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 there is an audience for everything. Is that ASMR farting into the mic? Is that is that an untapped uh, category of content? I mean I listen to a lot of podcasts where they might as well just be farting into the mic anyway. <laughs> With that, I think that's that's a that's a good uh high note to uh end this debauchery. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. Big smooches, big smooches, medium smooches, tiny smooches. I'm hard.
0: Yeah. It's so hard. Awesome. Talk around and disregard it, Shoop you off the ground, show you a hardest Stan is stronger, prouder, and I guess let's get it started It's the hardest Talk around and disregard it Shoop you off the ground Show you a hard